Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really a big, big pleasure because I have Justin Robbins together with me on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Hi, Justin. How are you? Hey, Greg. I'm good. How are you? Well, well, I am really thrilled to start this discussion with you because we found a really interesting topic to share with the audience. It's about energizing them, motivating them to continue and to drive this customer experience transformation and every transformation that we are doing in uh, in our companies. Because transformation, customer experience, it's an art job. And therefore, I think it's time also to energize and motivate people. Yeah, I love it. I, I think about it as this idea. How do we how do we get so excited about our work that it, it causes us to wake up before the alarm every day? It keeps us excited throughout the day. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you very much, Justin. As usual, we first start introducing today's top player. It's you, it's Justin Robbins. And therefore, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you said, Justin Robbins, I'm based in Wilmington, North Carolina in the United States. Uh, I'm the founder and principal analyst at Metric Sherpa, uh, which is an independent research and advisory firm. We help businesses who feel stuck on improving customer experience. Uh, my entire career has been in, in CX in one way or another, Greg. I started as an agent on the phones. I grew in the contact center. I've worked in hotels and restaurants and, and kind of over time just evolved to be a student of learning all of the different aspects of customer experience, running CX teams as a consultant for CX teams, even working for technology companies. Uh, it's, it's Yeah, it's been a fun ride. I've been talking about this idea of passion and excitement. Uh, it's just work that I truly love to be a part of. Thank you very much, Justin. And we really like and enjoy following you on the social medias, watching your motivational speeches. And therefore, I'm super happy that, that you joined. Uh, perhaps also to learn a bit more about you, which values drive you in life? Yeah, and uh, I'll be honest with you, this is going to end up being a, a thread probably for a lot of our conversation uh, today. I think the, the the biggest thing for me, Greg, is integrity, and integrity is about being a person of your word. Uh, it's it's about saying things that honor the, the people that you have an opportunity to serve and interact with every day. Uh, and I think that matters for us as individuals. It matters for us as companies. It matters for us as all of the roles that we play uh, to the point of a you know CX goalkeeper on and off the field, I think all of those things matter and they show up. They show up in the quality of work that they do. Uh, they show up in the teams that we we end up being surrounded by. Uh, so I think the the biggest value for me is is living a life and doing work that's marked by integrity. Very very interesting. And uh, you we know also a bit from your private life. You are in the jury of uh, barbecues. I think something that we are sharing, I also like to cook. Could you please share also about uh, about this? Yeah, uh, barbecue is a pretty big value too. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I've always, I love food. And a number of years ago, I was looking for a hobby. I always enjoyed cooking barbecue. And I learned that you can get certified as a competitive barbecue judge. 
So a number of years ago, I went out, uh, did a course over a weekend where you learn how to, to judge and, and, and whatnot barbecue. And that's, yeah, that's between family and, and, and travel barbecue is, is up there probably in my trifecta along with bow ties. I think if I could somehow combine barbecuing in a bow tie, I might even, that might be my, my thing after CX. <laughs> and I need to ask this question. What's the best meal you can cook? Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, uh, I think, I, I think there's, there's not just all sorts of really cool meats that you can cook, but different ways that you can cook them. Uh, I've actually said my, my goal one day, if I were to ever open a restaurant, it would be celebrating all of the styles from around the world of how fire and smoke are used to cook food because there, there's just so many, uh, gosh, I just, I just have an appreciation for it all. I can't, I can't pick favorites. <laughs> I can understand that. And perhaps we have a future podcast about, uh, about this topic. <laughs> Let's <But> do it. <laughs> you mentioned something really interesting. You said if I would open a restaurant and I think there you would also take, really take care about the customer experience. And this is also the topic today we would like to discuss. It's about motivating, energizing people, uh, offering a great uh, customer experience. And to, to kick off the discussion, we know that there is still a gap between the aspiration that companies have on, on how the, the customer experience strategy and what they are really delivering. How can companies cope with that? Yeah, Greg, there's a lot of pressure to make some pretty big promises around customer experience. I don't think anyone anywhere would be okay saying that, hey, we just want we just want an okay experience. We want to be mediocre. No, nobody wants to do that. And, and this pressure shows up in the ways that executives often talk about their company. It, it shows up in the ways that marketing teams often talk about their companies. And, and we make really big promises because that's what we all convince ourselves is, is what, what we want. And, and, and don't hear me out. We, we, nobody wants a bad customer experience, uh, but I think we'd be more accepting and more open to honest customer experiences. Uh, and, and this is, this becomes a tension, right? What do we do between the brand that we want to be and the picture that we paint in marketing or in, in how we talk about our goals, delivering a customer experience, but then the very real, re, the very real challenges that prevent us from getting there. And, you know, we can talk about the trifecta of those, what, what that is all day long, but it really comes down to people or process or technology or combination of the above. We say that we want to deliver a cohesive customer experience, but our technology is not connected in a way that enables uh, us to, to see and deliver that experience, or we don't invest in uh, training or hiring the right people. That, that to me is the biggest gap, Greg, is, you know, we make these promises, but we we limit our ability to actually deliver on them. And I think to your question of how do we cope with it, uh, you know, a number of years ago, I, I put out a, a challenge uh, to a group of people, and I, and I call it the Promise Keepers Challenge. And here's what I said. I want you to make an inventory and do it for a day, for a week, for a month, for a year of every time you hear from a customer, and it's a result of you breaking a promise. Because most complaints that show up throughout the customer experience is because one thing was expected or promised and another thing was delivered or occurred. And I think for us coping with that gap, it's being really clear on what, what that is for us, right? First, we have to see it and know it before we can address it. 
It's it's re re really very interesting. And also looking from, from another side, so what you are saying, I see also a lot of companies doing trying to do a lot of different improvements. Some improvements related to standardizing all the processes. And in the same company, different teams are, are done trying to personalize every experience. Right. And this is not working together. And therefore, it's, it's make it extremely easy, difficult for companies to really achieve their aspiration of what they want to offer to to the customer, and yeah, no, that's a great point. You see, you see that challenge not only on different teams working on different problems, but it could be different teams working on the same problem and they don't realize it, or they're incentivized to deliver different outcomes. So that's that's a really, I think, an important statement that you, we can often be competing with ourselves as well. And and quoting you, uh, offering a great customer experience is it's a great it's it's really hard work, and uh, okay. and therefore, um, where where is possible to always find this energy to design and deliver great customer experience? It can be in contact center with the the contact center agents that have the monotony of always answering the phone, or also design teams that they are really focused on uh, creating all the required documents to get the approval and so on. Where to find this energy? Yeah, this is this is an easy trap for all of us to fall into if we've been doing something for a while. Um, there, there's been all of these different studies around, um, you know, before we start something, we're often most satisfied before we do something. And the minute we start doing it, there's something that we lose because we we, we love that idea of what, what it could be and what it could mean for us. And then we have to show up and do it. And after we've done it, we have to show up and we have to do it again. And I think it's really easy to just... Um, to lose sight of what initially excited us, uh, the impact and the value that we can deliver, and and what we're working toward. Uh, Greg, one of the one of the common things that I would experience when I was hiring often frontline employees in customer service or contact center types of roles is they didn't find themselves there because they aspired to be there. They found themselves there because hey, maybe we were just the company that was hiring or they wanted to move up within the organization and it was a good entry level opportunity uh, or as one employee told me you know she just was taking it until she could find a real job which just broke my heart part of breaking free from monotonous and numbness um, monotony and numbness is 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 changing our, our perception how we're work, looking at the work that we're doing and recognizing that some of this work is not Maybe it's not intended for us to do it forever, but how does this help us get to what's next? And for the people that are entrusted into our care as leaders, how do we help them see what the thing they're doing right now, how that's going to enable them to get their next career move or whatever they're they're hoping to achieve beyond this? It's it's about, I think in, in, in some ways it's about checking ourselves and having people who can keep us accountable and refreshed to recognize that. Our work and customer experience is not about the thing that we're doing right now, right? The, the actual job is, is part of something much bigger and something much greater. And I think the more we can keep our eyes on the bigger and greater than the thing we're doing in the right here, right now, it, it elevates our, our, our perception and perception is reality, right? So the more we can elevate how we view the work that we do, the, the easier it is for us to see how exciting this work actually is. Exactly. I think this is this is something super interesting. And I don't start the discussion about the different generation, Y, Z, and so on, because it, it, it would be too easy. And basically, you said 
Uh, perception is a reality. The, the reality is you are a thought leader. We are following you. You are doing a great job. You started also your, your new company. Where do you find the energy to do everything you are doing? Um, for, for me, it's, it's a couple things, Greg. The, the first and foremost is, is honestly, I think community. And uh, a, a, a number of years ago, I, I found myself running a customer experience team. And um, I was in that place of numbness and monotony. And I felt like I was the only one going through what I was going through. And it was just, I think it's easy to, to, to beat ourselves up sometimes. And it wasn't until going to an event where I was surrounded by people who were doing the type of work I was doing, facing the types of challenges, and finding how we could lean into each other and learn from each other and share with each other. And that has followed me now for a very long time. Uh, that, that I think is first and foremost of this is having a really strong community of people who can help not just encourage you, but but refine you and hold you accountable and let you know when you're um, you know, just making silly decisions. Uh, that that to me, I think is one. Uh, two is is constant curiosity. Uh, part of why I love this work is it's as much about the things it's always been about as it is about all of these new innovations and and changes and and just unknown in what's ahead. And, and that I think just if we're not curious about uh, how things are evolving and the impact and the intersections of people, process, and technology just continue to change. I don't know if you're not curious, I, I wonder why are you doing this, right? I think that's important. So community, it's, it's community, it's about curiosity and, you know, maybe maybe part of it's like, this is, this is pretty much all I've ever done. And the few times in my career, I've looked to do something else. Um, I don't know, I find a comfort in the type of work that enables me to help people help other people. Um, so that, that I think is just part of, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to use a third C and say it's it's comfortable, um, but to me, it's compelling work. Ah, oh, I did another C anyway. <laughs> that's so. That, that would, if you said that's it, it's about community. It's about curiosity, and I think it's. I do think it's work worth doing. And at the end, based on your values, it's also common sense to do that. <laughs> I like it. I think what you are saying it's really interesting because based on what you shared, it's a lot of continuous learning. It's about sharing. It's about understanding. And that's also why I'm doing this podcast. I am learning a lot. I have the great opportunity to chat with people like you. And I'm part of this customer experience community that that's, it's really interesting to, to be in. And I think now it's the perfect time to plug in. <laughs> I had uh, Nate Brown a few weeks ago on my podcast, and you are also part of a great community. Could you share also your experience with CX Accelerator? Yeah. Uh, so this is fun. So so Nate and I uh, met a number of years ago at an event, and this was before CX Accelerator and all these things happened. And uh, it was clear that Nate Nate was in like he reminded me a lot of myself uh, a, a few years prior to that. And and we started looking at at um, these bonds that we were forming, and uh, it was interesting. There was a culmination of kind of a number of events when Nate really got this, this burden put on him to create a community that was for customer experience professionals, uh, that are, are just trying to figure out what's, what's next in their career and how do they take the best next step in serving the business, their businesses and developing themselves. Um, 
So it was, uh, you know, something that at the time uh, I started being involved with as um, just as a friend to Nate, as somebody who knew a bunch of people in the community, uh, wanting to contribute where and where, where and how I could. Uh, and then last year, as we really try to figure out what's the next phase for CX Accelerator um, and, and how do we kind of take this community to the next level, uh, we start to pull to kind of a strategic board together uh, of which I'm able to be a part of. Uh, and really the whole, again, the thing that keeps us up at night is uh, how do we equip customer experience professionals so that, that they can effectively step into whatever's next for them. And I love it. I love it because it does help to build real friendships uh, but every single day you get to see people be uh, vulnerable in what they're going through and then generous in their experience and their own passions and beliefs. Uh, again, it goes back to the idea of it's it's people helping people. And uh, I love it. That's kind of what it's meant to me. And that's why I love being a part of it. It's great. Uh, I had the pleasure to to watch a short video where Nate was interviewing you a few weeks ago, and it's incredible how well you are discussing together, how aligned you are, and how much energy you you have when you are discussing about customer experience. But at sometimes, perhaps you, for me, it's clear I have some self doubt, and I'm not sure how to continue. I'm not secure. How is possible to cultivate a growth mindset continuously? Yeah, um, I think we all need lessons in this. Um, you know, there there are a couple of things that that I have done and that I encourage others to do. Um, one for me, it, it, part of it is that idea of being a continuous learner, and uh, I am I'm in a phase right now, Greg, where I'm going from one book to the next. And when I'm reading a book, uh, my wife and I just had this conversation. I didn't do well with digital copies of books because I'm highlighting things. I am taking notes. I'm thinking about what is the implication of this on me and my life and my work? And how do I do something with this? That to me is, is the, the, the most important part of a, a growth mindset is you need, you need an external force acting on you to make that possible. And that external force can be uh, reading books, it can be listening to podcasts, it can be having a mentor. And, you know, unless you're in retirement and you're done, even then, I think find another retiree to mentor you and something. Uh, in general, like that, that to me is what's important with this is the minute we, we close ourselves off, the minute we think that we are done experiencing and learning all that is to be learned and, ex and experienced, um, that I think is when that, that mindset begins to slow down and dare I say even die, right? We, it's, we lose sight of all of these things. So that to me is it, find, and if, if you, you can't hold yourself accountable for, invite somebody into accountability and let them know who you are and what you want to achieve. And, and, and they, will, they will push your limits, right? That's the type of relationship that you want with someone if you're really trying to drive a growth mindset. I think this is this is great what you're saying, and often the mo most people goes out to to the jogging or to to gym only if there are two people motivating themselves every day and picking them up and going together. I think this is something that that is extremely important. We are not alone, and we should also uh, support ourselves. And what you're saying. Nowadays, it's it's the reality. We don't know what what will happen tomorrow, and therefore we need to be prepared for the unexpected, and we need to renew our confidence in what we we are doing. What's your view on this topic? Yeah, 
Um, you know, when I, when I, <laughs> uh, unexpected feels like norm. And, and for me, it's not, it's a being okay, not knowing everything and recognizing that you're not going to have a solution. Um, there's, there's a couple things that when, when I think about my own ex experience with the unexpected, a couple things that, that, that jump out to me right now. One is a mantra that a leader a number of years ago, um, kind of got myself and the team I was a part of to embody and, uh, and what that was, the mantra was care deeply, fight passionately, hold loosely. Care deeply means that, hey, if, if you are doing work that you believe is worth work, that's worth doing, um, you should care deeply about that, the impact that it can have, the value that it brings. Uh, as a result of your experience and, and what you know and have done, you should fight passionately for the things that you believe in and what you think is right. Uh, but hold loosely is recognizing that at the end of the day, the best idea for the organization has to win, and that might not be yours. And so when we find ourselves in unexpected circumstances, uh, that, that often means that not one person uh, has the answer often, but a combination of people can bring together their experiences and their expertise and their backgrounds and their beliefs to work together on an idea that's best to move the organization forward. And, and we've seen some cool examples of this, you know, over the past years, but, but I think how, how do you embrace the unexpected is you, you embrace it together, not alone. Um, and that you recognize in your team, how do you create balance? Uh, again, another thing that was thrown out a couple of years ago is this idea of the perfectly imperfect team. And I think part of embracing the unexpected unex, uh, and having confidence in your team's ability to succeed is having a perfectly imperfect team, which means not everybody knows and does the same things or has the same background, but it's it's got all of these unique perspectives. And, and sometimes that creates tension and that can be a good thing. Um, I think that's, that's part of it. Um, I think it, how do you experience confidence? It's, it's focusing on, on the short wins and, and recognizing how they built together to create big things. And this is, I think, a, a, a broader challenge for a lot of organizations is we define success by the final outcome. And so often we as organizations and we individuals lose sight of all the little incremental wins and progress that we make. And when we lose sight of that, it's easy to feel stuck. It's easy to feel numb. It's easy to have self-doubt. It's easy to, right, all of those things. Um, so I think that that is part of what that means to experience renewed confidence is just recognize little wins in the moment and know that, hey, you're, you're, you're going to have some things that are going to be setbacks, but as long as we have more incremental wins, right, at that I think is what we need to be striving and looking and thinking and working toward. What you're saying is like a soccer team, if you think about my background, all together, they can only win if they play together with one defined target and trying to make progress each time to win every meter or miles that they are doing and then try to score goals. And they need to score several times before they can uh, then they, they can serve goals. I think this is a great explanation. And now I'm super thrilled to ask the next questions because you ask, you already shared so many golden nuggets and so many insights. We are not yet at the golden nugget side, but um, in your experience or during your career, 
Could you please share two, three pieces of advice that you want to share with, with the audience that helped you, that you did in the past in related to being energized, being motivated, really driving this change, being yeah. always at the forefront? Yeah, some of these um, tie into some of the comments I made earlier, Greg, and, and um, I think some of them, not some, all of them are really important, not just um, in, in overcoming the things that you and I've talked about, but I think for our work as customer experience professionals, uh, if you want to be defined as someone who is truly um, just leading the way, uh, I often say of it in terms of setting the pace, like if you want to be somebody who is a customer experience pace setter, uh, I think that you are characterized by by uh, a couple of things. I think the first one of those is that you are a connector. Uh, one of the things that I would always do when I was part of a, a business is I would have each week uh, intentional outreach in all different parts of the organization. And it might be somebody that I did work with regularly. It might be somebody that I never possibly did work with, but it was a matter of understanding, hey, Greg, can you and I just get a couple minutes? I'd love to know more about what you do, why you're here, like just understand to build those relationships because customer experience really is uh, dependent on an organization's ability to connect all of these things that will remain siloed and will remain disparate, even with all of the advancements that, that may and will come, there's always going to be that disconnection, which I think is why that is the first piece of advice is be a connector, be a relationship builder, be someone who is doing outreach and getting to know others in your organization uh, with a consistent, uh, just with, with consistency. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. I think this is extremely interesting. And uh, this is, I think this is really a key point that, that you are sharing, but please continue. Yeah, I think the second piece uh, that I did allude to is curiosity. I think that the part of the reason why um, most organizations still struggle to deliver great customer experiences, despite all of the uh, advancements in technology, despite all of the uh, lip service that we give customer experience and customer service and all the terms related to understanding and serving customers, uh, it's still a problem. In fact, depending on which research you look at, it says that, hey, it, it might actually be a bigger problem than it was a few years ago. Uh, I think for us to get this work right, we have to be curious and I have to, to wonder like, why is that the case? And, and what is it about the way our organization does things? What is it about the way that processes are designed or technology is integrated or we think about using and leveraging people in the right ways? I think we need to be curious. Uh, so we, we've got to be connectors. We've, we've got to be curious. And uh, the last piece for me, which is part of why I picked this name in my business, uh, I, I think we have to be really clear at understanding and articulating and, and telling story around uh, how our business defines and achieves success. And that's all of our metrics, right? That is the role of metrics. And I think for you to be successful in customer experience, You've got to have an appreciation and an ability to leverage data well. You can't just be relational. You can't just be the person I like. I make people feel good, and and I solve problems. Like that's important. But if you really want to be someone who is is setting the pace again for what customer experience should be, you've got to have a good relationship with data and an ability to help others throughout your organization understand the value and the impact of CX. 
I, I think what you're saying, it's, it's extremely important. Metrics, uh, you can measure progress. You mentioned that earlier progress is important and therefore you need you need to to measure that thank you very much for these uh, three advices that the audience will for sure uh, use leverage and and understand now let's jump in 10 years from now we are back on the cx goalkeeper podcast what we're discussing about i think we're talking about some of the same things um because if i think about 10 years ago or even 20 years ago there are some conversations that are still being had. In fact, I can think of a number of things that were predicted 10 years ago that still haven't, haven't come true. Uh, so I think part of it will be that. I think what the, the, the bigger, I think broader theme and more interesting piece of this is how are organizations really thinking about customer experience and, and uh, the human component of customer experience as a strategic differentiator. I think we are going to have really cool advances in terms of our ability as organizations to access data. I think if we do it well, we can have really good um, uh, ability to act on data as well as not just about accessing, but it's interpreting and figuring out how do we act on it. So I think there could be cool conversations around what is through CX intelligence at scale look like, and we may have a better under, I hope we have a better understanding of that. Um, but the conversations I think I'm even most excited to be a part of is, is how do we look at the human element? Um, because that is the thing that as technology evolves has to be protected and sacred uh, and meaningful in the right ways. Uh, I think we can have conversations around what that looks like as part of my hope. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to discuss this topic with you in 10 years from now or earlier. You are always welcome on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. The game is coming to an end in the extra time in the last two, three minutes. I still have three questions for you. And you said you are an avid book reader. And therefore, my question, is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that help you during your career or during your private life? Yeah, there is a, a book right now that... Um... I am reading and rereading uh, with some regularity. It's actually, this is going to give you some sight. So it's actually based off of an audio tape series that was put out a few decades ago and then reincorporated into a book. Uh, it's about 100 pages, so really easy read as well. And I think it's going to reinforce some, some key fundamentals. Book is called Lead the Field. And uh, yeah, it's, it's for me right now, it's something that I'm revisiting at least once a month. And there are principles that are, are really important reminders uh, for me. So Lead the Field is the book right now. Thank you very much. And what's the best way to contact you? Uh, best way to contact me, you can email me, justin at metricsherpa.com. Uh, I can call and text at 757-429-4357. That's in the U.S., so plus one. Uh, or I'm on social media at Justin M. R. Robbins, R-O-B-B-I-N-S. Thank you very much. And I encourage people to, to contact you, to find a way to contact you because you are sharing really a lot of interesting topics and you are a thought leader in the field. You can help a lot of com companies grow and continue their transformation towards customer experience. Now we're coming to the last question is Justin's golden nugget. It's something that is we discussed or something new you would leave to the audience. Yeah, Greg, if I think about as a consultant, as a researcher, as somebody who's done this for a long time, 
the number one reason why businesses fail to deliver great customer experiences is it's because they don't do the little things right consistently. That's it. It's not sexy. It's not because they didn't use AI or because, right? It's they aren't consistent in the little moments. And, and this is something we allude to a little bit, but my golden nugget is get really, really good about understanding those little moments, understanding the promises that you're breaking or keeping and having a focused effort one at a time of saying, hey, how can we be one promise better today than we were yesterday? And, and if brands genuinely focused and thought in that way, I think we would see significant and sustainable improvement to customer experience at large. Thank you very much. The only thing that I can say is it was really a big, big pleasure to have you on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Thank you very much, Justin, for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. Glad to be here. Justin, please stay with me to the audience is everything. Thank you very much. We love feedbacks. Therefore, feel free to contact Justin or to contact me for any question related to this episode. Thank you very much and bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business. We are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.